You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6. Good evening and thanks for joining us. No let up in the blustery weather, dumping heavy rain and hitting the lower mainland and Vancouver Island with high winds. The wind causing a lot of frustration at ferry terminals today. Our Jordan Armstrong is live at Horseshoe Bay tonight in Jordan. Uh, the first ferry to leave there today is hours behind schedule. That's right, Chris. It is still gusting here at Horseshoe Bay, but not as strong as it was just a few hours ago. So ferry service out of Horseshoe Bay is resuming. Now the cancellations have shifted to Tawasson. It has been a long day for tens of thousands of people trying to get home after the holidays. The 1040 sailing has been canceled as well as the one o'clock. Next available sailing at 345, weather depending. Delay after delay at Horseshoe Bay. So right now, how delayed are you? How many hours? Uh, probably six hours or so. So I get that it's like a bit windy and wet, but I, I don't know. Normally, the first ferry to Nanaimo leaves at 6.15 a.m. Friday, it didn't depart until 3.45, nine and a half hours hours late. I got my kid with me. I've worked graveyard shifts, so I got off work at night and came straight here. And I've been here since, yeah. Long day. <laughs> Committed. For most of the day, Horseshoe Bay was the terminal to avoid. Ships kept sailing out of Tuwasan. But by mid-afternoon, everything flipped. As Horseshoe Bay came back online, Tuwasan went down. I'm going to go over to the cafe and have a coffee and read a book. Back at Horseshoe Bay, there was celebration when the wait was finally over. We've been waiting like five hours here. So I'm pretty happy camper now. We all had a nice cheer when that happened. I was pretty excited, not gonna lie. Here's an update on the status of the routes between the mainland and Vancouver Island. Tawasson to Swartz Bay, all sailings with the exception of the 9 p.m. are cancelled. Tawasson to Duke Point, some sailings are cancelled, others may depart. Service has resumed between Horseshoe Bay and Departure Bay, but on a modified schedule. Powell River to Comox, no more sailings for the rest of the day. I did speak on the phone with BC Ferries a short time ago about tomorrow. It is supposed to be windy in the morning, but their read of the forecast is it won't be quite windy enough to cause any more cancellations tomorrow morning on the major routes. But of course, if you are traveling tomorrow, best to check bcferries.com before you head to the terminal. Chris and Sophie, back to you. All right, thanks very much, Jordan. We'll keep our fingers crossed. And meteorologist Devon Shell joins us now with a look at the numbers and what we can get, uh, what we can expect, I guess, heading into the evening and tomorrow morning, Yvonne. Yes, the winds are going to ramp up. The peak of it will be this evening all the way in towards 10 o'clock. We're already seeing it out of Tuas, and These are sustained winds at 40 kilometers per hour. And we do have some gusts right now. Saturn Island over 70 kilometers per hour. The wind warning that is in effect, Metro Vancouver, the island of the southeasterly wind, potentially up to 70 kilometers per hour. The Fraser Canyon also has a warning with the potential to see gusts of up to 90 kilometers per hour. So the peak of it will be over the next few hours until 10 p.m. Overnight, it should start to ease off. Still very windy and for tomorrow morning we'll see the winds uh, closer to 30 kilometers per hour they'll really start to taper off by the afternoon chris all right full weather coming up later we'll check in then thanks yvonne well it's not yet known if the dark rainy conditions were factors in a crash involving a pedestrian in vancouver this morning the 65 year old woman was struck at victoria drive and east 43rd avenue just before seven o'clock she was taken to hospital with serious injuries. Police believe it's possible she was hit by two vehicles. Both drivers remained at the scene and are cooperating with investigators. 
And Grouse Mountain closed its mountaintop operations and chalet for the day because of this bad weather. A rare sight to see the parking lot at the base pretty much empty. However, with fresh snow in the forecast, the mountain is expected to reopen to visitors tomorrow. The weather also forced the closure of Mount Seymour this afternoon. RCMP are investigating an early morning shooting in Surrey. Police responded to reports of shots fired around 2 this morning in the Morgan Heights neighborhood of southwest Surrey. A man with non-life-threatening injuries was found and taken to hospital. Officers are canvassing the neighborhood and asking witnesses to come forward. A loud noise. I wasn't sure if it was, a, you know, two cars, if it was a car accident or maybe a gunshot then you have to realize hey it happens everywhere like you're not immune to what's going on in the world and this used to be a nice little town and i mean it's growing i mean surrey's huge now so um it's bound to happen vancouver police are investigating the city's first homicide of 2020 a 62-year-old man died after an assault in Oppenheimer Park on New Year's Day. Romina Dea has more on what happened and the renewed safety concerns it's prompting. 62-year-old Jesus Cristobal Esteban spent the last moments of his life here in Oppenheimer Park, where he was assaulted on New Year's Day. The investigation is still in its very early stages, but the investigators do believe that the victim and the suspect had some sort of interaction before the assault occurred. The victim died in hospital Thursday. He was known to police. The suspect, unknown. The park has been the epicenter of escalating violence since a large tent city put down roots here. Police have responded to at least 10 shootings in the park in 2019. Dozens of weapons have been seized. Would you want the uh, city or the parks board to shut down the camp? We want residents to have safe and secure housing in the park, and public safety is our number one goal. Because we previously voted on this. Taxpayers have spent more than a million dollars on managing and policing the park, according to city staff. The city and the park board have spent months squabbling over whether to force campers out through an injunction or wait until adequate housing is built. I'm calling on the park board to take action immediately and I'd like to see an emergency special meeting of the park board um, or for them to meet uh, to direct their staff to move forward with an injunction. The city not commenting but extending condolences to the victim's loved ones. Councillor Melissa Dejanova concerned about the consequences of inaction. Right now they're sitting ducks. It's my understanding there's a criminal element around the park that's not coming from the people who are necessarily in the park. And it certainly uh, is something that causes me to lose sleep at night. The park board voted to bring in a third-party consultant to decide on next steps for Oppenheimer. No timeline, no plan, no resolution. Romina Dea, Global News. Meantime, a suspect has been charged in Surrey's first murder of the year. A fight broke out at a strip mall in Newton just before 1 o'clock Thursday morning. A man was found lying in the parking lot. A witness directed officers to a suspect a few blocks away. He was arrested and a weapon was also located. Second-degree murder charges now being laid against 33-year-old Michael James Petronio. The victim, pictured here, has been identified as 39-year-old Jason Stanley Wells. RCMP are releasing a video of people they'd like to speak to in a double homicide in Duncan on Christmas Eve. 
A man in his 30s and a woman in her 20s were attacked in the area of Trunk Road and Canada Avenue. The man was pronounced dead soon after and the woman succumbed to her injuries a few days later. The Vancouver Island Integrated Major Crime Unit is releasing surveillance video now of two individuals they'd like to speak with who were seen in the area at the time. If you have any information, you're asked to contact police. The homeowner grant threshold in B.C. has been lowered for 2020. Your home now has to be valued at $1.525 million or below to qualify. That's down from $1.65 million in 2019. The new amount reflects the recent drop in property values in many areas of B.C. The basic homeowner grant is $570. That amount rises to $770 if the home is in a northern or rural area, up to $845 for seniors and people with disabilities. 92% of homeowners continue to be eligible for the grant. Now, that grant will only scratch the surface of strata rate increases facing many apartment and condo owners. Insurance rates for hundreds of strata buildings in B.C. are seeing a sudden and, in some cases, astronomical spike. Jill Bennett has more on the impact and the province's response to calls for help. This condo complex is just three years old. There have been no insurance claims, but the cost of renewing the insurance policy, which is required by law, just jumped almost 300 percent. 97,000 to uh, 371, I think it is. Kroll says just getting the building insured was a struggle. We now have 18 companies that insure this building. The broker went out and had to go through every insurer there is out there to try and find someone that would insure us. The scenario here is not an isolated one. More and more companies are getting out of the condo insurance business, citing high risk. Plus, the number of claims made worldwide is up, many because of extreme weather. Historically, insurers used to pay out annually on average about $500 million a year in severe weather damages across Canada. Over the last few years, that number has jumped to over a billion dollars a year. And these are all playing a part in the overall aspects of their premiums. The increased costs will be passed to condo owners through higher monthly fees or a special assessment. In addition to the increase in premiums, many stratas are also seeing huge jumps in deductibles. Residents on the elevator in the Langley complex were stunned to see theirs go from $5,000 to $250,000. We went down to the insurance broker in Langley Hub and told them what we needed as a deductible and they laughed at us and told us it had to be a typo until we actually showed them a picture of the notice we'd received. This happened in quite a quick wave though. Um, I don't think anyone anticipated that it was going to be this dramatic for so many properties. The B.C. government says it continues to engage with the private insurance industry to determine how, in the face of climate challenge, British Columbians can continue to access affordable insurance coverage. It's little comfort for those left paying the bills. It's like if your car insurance went up, you know, from two grand to eight grand overnight. We might not be able to stay in the condo if this is the way it's going to be. Jill Bennett, Global News. Meantime, new numbers show real estate sales were pretty brisk last month. According to the Real Estate Board of Greater Vancouver, December sales were 9.5% above the 10-year average and a whopping 88.1% up year over year. The board also confirmed what most homeowners already knew. 2019 was a weak year for the market. 
While sales for the entire year were up a marginal 3.2 percent over 2018, they were down 5 percent over 2017 and down 7.6 percent from the 10-year average. Right now, though, Iran is threatening revenge tonight after a U.S. airstrike killed a top Iranian general. The attack was ordered by U.S. President Donald Trump and is being considered a dramatic escalation in long-standing tensions between the U.S. and Iran. Aaron MacArthur has more on what led up to this point and local reaction here at home. Across the country, Iranian Canadians are torn about the death of Qasem Soleimani. Some relieved that a stalwart of the totalitarian regime has been eliminated. Others terrified for friends and family still living in Iran. People, they are all concerned about the future. And what it is annoying is that we don't know what's going to happen in the future. We are just all suffering from uncertainty right now. Soleimani, the head of an elite army unit, that has orchestrated countless attacks throughout the Middle East, most recently thought to be responsible for the bombing of the U.S. Embassy in Iraq. He was killed leaving the Baghdad airport. U.S. officials say this targeted assassination is a win for its foreign policy objectives. We will not stand for the Islamic Republic of Iran to take actions that put American men and women in jeopardy. Inside Iran, the general was seen as immensely popular, a non-cleric at the top echelons of the regime. Today, the supreme leader vowed swift revenge for his death. People weeping in the streets and burning American flags. Canadian officials say the attack by the U.S. was an unnecessary act of aggression in a fragile region. One has to measure it in seeing how uh, this will play out in you know, many years to come. Uh, this is a very important moment. Uh, that will spiral the U.S. and Iranians into proxy wars. Canadians in Iraq are being warned to leave the country. There are several hundred soldiers currently on duty, plus an unknown number of commercial operators in the oil and gas sector. Whether the promised retaliation happens and when is something the international community will be watching with extreme caution. Aaron MacArthur, Global News. A rare extreme avalanche danger warning is in place tonight for the mountains around the south coast. The latest winter storm is dropping as much as a meter of fresh snow on top of a fragile snowpack. Forecasters say the snow, combined with high winds and an expected warming trend, could produce large and destructive slides. And they say backcountry users should simply stay out of the mountains until the snowpack stabilizes. An Abbotsford man has been battling ICBC over damage to his car and says he's baffled by the corporation's response. He says rats have done thousands of dollars of damage to his vehicle. ICBC was refusing to cover it until Global News got involved. John Wall reports. From front to back, this van was completely ransacked. The damage is extensive. The repair bill is in the neighborhood of $7,000. Behind the ruined carpet, damaged wiring, and what has been deemed a complete write-off is a bunch of no-good, dirty rats. Sure enough, the rats had gotten all inside the engine compartment, all inside the, the motor for the, the blower on the, the heater. Making matters worse, the rodents are repeat offenders. These are some of the individual traps that I got. Despite paying for exterminators and buying a couple of cats, Crowhurst admits he's been forced to make several rat-related claims. This time, ICBC said it was done, paying out. If they think that I'm a problem, uh, 
they should have made an adjustment or, or terminated my policy. When they say, no, we'll take your money, but we're not going to cover you, that's, that's pretty, pretty lousy. Look what we found. Rats nesting in engines and feasting on vehicle wires is a common problem. Crowhurst knows the situation at his rural Abbotsford home is worse than most, but he says that's what insurance is for. We really are at the mercy of Mother Nature, and it's unfortunate because now ICBC is saying they don't care, they're not going to cover you. Global News contacted ICBC wanting to know its threshold for denying repeat claims like this one. Then a shift in position from the public insurer. ICBC sending this statement, following our customers' concerns, we've conducted another detailed review of the claim and advised the customer that we will accept this claim. We will now work on determining the value of the claim. I switched to ICBC because that's who I felt comfortable dealing with. That's how stupid I am. Crowhurst says even though it was the rats that made the mess, it was his dealings with ICBC that did the most damage. John Hua, Global News. Hey, are you out of the fire yet? Dramatic body cam video shows a California couple being rescued from their burning home. Two county sheriff's deputies rushed inside the house, rescuing a woman in a wheelchair who was just a few meters away from smoke and flames. They then made their way into the backyard, found the woman's husband, and got him out as well. Mass evacuations in Australia tonight, although a lot of people are stuck in traffic gridlock, as tens of thousands try to flee dangerous wildfires. More scorching temperatures and strong winds are expected this weekend, threatening to make an already critical situation even worse. Where's my As a young father, Joseph Harper is bracing his family for some frightening moments ahead. The kids are pretty good at the moment. They think it's a bit of a camping trip, but that, that could change as things become a bit more, uh, a bit scarier. The family thought about leaving Batemans Bay, but feared they'd become stuck on gridlocked highways. We're sort of in the, in the middle of a rugby field at the moment, and um, the beach is just behind us, so hopefully uh, there's enough cleared space, and worst comes to worst, we've got the water there to retreat to. Officials in New South Wales and the neighbouring state of Victoria have been clear. This weekend's fire conditions will be extreme. We're unfortunately very likely we will lose homes tomorrow. But we'll be very happy and we'll call it success if there's no lives lost. That is our single focus tomorrow. The danger has triggered the largest evacuation order in Australia's peacetime history. More than 100,000 people have been told to leave. I actually have held it together pretty well till yesterday when I heard that it could be coming back. And that's when I... Yeah, I had my breakdown. The Morrissey family have been among the thousands stranded in Malakuta since New Year's Eve. On Friday, they joined more than 900 others on two naval ships bound for safer shores. The precious cargo, including a number of family pets, their owners grateful for the ability to bring them along. Still, not everyone has decided to go. Angela Borden is staying to defend his property. If it gets too much, well, the car's packed, ready to go. But officials have warned waiting too long could be a dangerous mistake. We've unfortunately seen people caught in cars, um, and that's fatal. Uh, being caught in a car is only minorly better. It's only, it's only a little bit better than being caught on foot. Cars are not safe places to be. At least 10 people have died in the last week alone. More than 25 others are missing. And the worst of the fire's threat is still to come. Heather Urex West, Global News, Calgary. The hose is burnt! The hose is burnt! 
And you're looking at GoPro video shot by 19-year-old India McDonald who, as she as she picks up a hose to protect her home in the Australian state of Victoria. India says her father, who stayed with her, has firefighting experience and showed her what to do. She says they saved her home, garden, and four cars, but she stresses that they had a safe fire bunker nearby if they had been forced to retreat. Incredible video. Now, new information tonight in the high-stakes flight from justice pulled off by the former chairman of the Nissan Corporation. Carlos Ghosn jumped $14 million bail and fled under the noses of Japanese authorities to evade charges of financial misconduct. Tom Costello has the straight-out-of-the-movies details. It has all the suspense of a Hollywood thriller. Former Renault Nissan CEO Carlos Ghosn holed up in Beirut, saying in a statement, I have not fled justice, I have escaped injustice and political persecution. Ghosn had been under house arrest in Tokyo for months after being charged in 2018 with financial crimes. Carlos Ghosn, the former boss, is accused of financial misconduct. For days, international media have speculated about how he escaped. Tonight, the Wall Street Journal, citing sources familiar with a Turkish investigation, report two American security contractors hid Gone in a large black box, then loaded it into a private plane. There was a large black instrument box, a musical instrument box, uh, jammed into the back aisle of the airplane, and uh, the, the box had holes drilled at the bottom for, Mr., for somebody, presumably Mr. Gone, to breathe. A private Turkish jet company, MNG, says it's filed a criminal complaint concerning the illegal use of its jet charter services in relation to Carlos Ghosn's escape from Japan, saying an employee acted alone and falsified records. This flight-aware track shows the jet leaving Osaka, Japan, just after 11 p.m. Sunday, flying through Russian airspace and on to Turkey. A second plane then flew to Lebanon, which has no extradition treaty with Japan. Gone insists, I alone arranged for my departure. My family had no role whatsoever, promising to tell his story to reporters next week. Tom Costello, NBC News, Washington. Some video of a controlled avalanche in Utah has become an online hit. The 42-second clip posted on Twitter by the Utah Transportation Department shows the deliberately triggered slide crashing down a mountain and eventually drifting across a road that had been closed. The transportation department says the slide was triggered, as most of them are, to protect travelers. Queen Elizabeth is marking the beginning of a new decade with a new family photo. Buckingham Palace has released this four-generation picture of the Queen and her three heirs, Prince Charles, Prince William, and Prince George. This is only the second time a portrait of just these four royals has been released. The first was taken in 2016 when Prince George, the future king, was just two years old. In Health Matters tonight, a new study suggests that if you are stressed at work, you might want to get a plant. And here's why. Japanese researchers looked at the mental and physical stress levels of 63 office workers. They were all asked to take a three-minute break at their desk when they felt fatigued. The study found that those who had a small plant at their desk showed significantly lower levels of anxiety. The findings add to mounting evidence that shows exposure to green space is beneficial for our mood.
A lot of people who don't normally buy lottery tickets must be feeling lucky tonight because there is high demand for Lotto Max tickets and for good reason. The 70, that's 70, $70 million jackpot is the largest in Canadian history. And as Brad McLeod reports, a lot of people are hoping to start this new decade as a member of the 1%. Busy, 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 like Christmas. Barb's been at it all morning. You can see right down there, <laughs> oh, nonstop lined up at her kiosk for their chance to win an historic windfall. The first time we've ever been able to offer $70 million. When Lotto Max was introduced in 2009, the jackpot could cap out at $50 million. That increased in 2015 to $60 million. And last May, it was bumped up again to $70 million. So, what are some strategies? Mostly birthdays and just what I'm feeling. Quick, quick. Are my uh, grandchildren's um, not numbers like birthdays? That's the one. And confidence is key. These are the winning numbers right here. Yes. When I win, which I my body's felt like it's going to do for like thousands of years now. So if you're wondering what your chances are of winning that seventy million dollars, well, it's just one in thirty-three uh, million. Well, that number right there. But your odds don't change the more people play. In addition to having the $70 million jackpot for Lottomax, we also have 10 max million prizes being offered. So that's a total of $80 million up for grabs. Okay, so the odds aren't in your favor, but many people say they wouldn't keep it all if they do win. Your family, cousins, family, parents, share it. I may take a trip, but my family come first. <laughs> Maybe buy an RV. Maybe not everyone would give away their cash. Did you buy something for your sister back there? No. <laughs> and Pam says, don't overthink it. Go for it. Everybody's got to have dreams. You've got until 7.30 Pacific time to buy your tickets before they are drawn Friday evening. Brian McLeod, Global News, Victoria. <laughs> Somebody's only... You're, you're Fear of missing out right now, Total I think, FOMO. right? Oh, and yeah. I need to figure out if you can buy them online. <laughs> <laughs> I think you can. All right, uh, we'll do that in the commercial break. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Georgia Boy's Christmas present lands him in hospital after the forecast how an Apple AirPod ended up in his stomach instead of his ear. In the meantime, let's check in once again with Yvonne Shell and the latest on the weather forecast. A blustery one so far this afternoon. Yeah, very wet and windy. We've got the rain that's starting to work its way in across the south coast. It'll continue to be heavy at times this evening and then ease off as we approach the morning hours. A few spots right now on the radar are still picking up a few isolated thunderstorms. We've had very warm air, lots of it, and it's subtropical enough that it's been warm today and we've got some record highs. These are a handful of them. Lillooet getting up to 16.5, the old record in 2001 with 11. Lytton today up to 14, close to 15 degrees for Abbotsford and White Rock with a high up to 14.1. Here's a look at the current winds out of the airport, 35. We do have gusts over 40, but the winds are going to intensify this evening. The peak will be from now all the way in towards 10 and up to 70 kilometers per hour with the wind warning that is in effect. The island is included within that and stretching in towards the Fraser Canyon, the wind warning with gusts of up to 90 kilometers per hour. 
Overnight, they'll start to ease. It'll still be very windy for Saturday morning. Winds up to 30 kilometers per hour. And then towards the afternoon, it really does start to ease off. Tonight, though, we do have snow pushing in for the interior. Significant amount if you're heading along the mountain passes. And then by tomorrow morning, it's just a chance of showers across the south coast. A look at some of the numbers on the mountain pass. The Hope, uh, Cocoa Hollow, Hope to Merritt, it flipped in too fast, up to 30 centimeters. And then it'll be lesser amounts for areas near the Pine Pass as well as Whistler tonight. It'll just be some wet snowfall. So the rain is going to ease off across the northern half of the province. Breaks for the central interior. The southern half will also start to see a nice break by the afternoon. Much of the south coast tomorrow morning, it's still a chance of showers. Windy overnight and for the early morning hours. Next weather maker is going to push in. It'll be heavy at times Saturday night in towards our Sunday. Quite soggy to round off the weekend. Guys. All right. Thanks very much, Yvonne. A Georgia family has a warning for everyone about AirPod wireless earbuds. Keep them out of your mouth. Good advice. Seven-year-old QJ Stroud was rushed to hospital by his parents after he put the longer end of an AirPod in his mouth and then accidentally swallowed the thing. The AirPod had already been paired with his phone and his mother was worried that he'd start playing music. But uh, doctors reassured her that he'd be okay. They also told her that this too shall pass. Uh-huh. Very likely a total write-off, though, I would imagine. I would want it to play music. <laughs> That'd be pretty, it'd be kind of cool. What happens. You'd feel it. Like yeah. something really bassy. Yeah. Last night you profiled Patrick Kane. Canucks uh, had a wild game against That was fun Blackburn. last night. That was yeah. a good hockey game. Uh, I think the Canucks have scored five or more goals 16 times this year. I think last year... That's more than they had all of last season. I think last year was 11 or something like that. Okay. There will be another Canuck besides Elias Pettersson at All-Star Weekend in St. Louis later this month. Jacob Markstrom is going as a replacement for Vegas's Marc-Andre Fleury, who decided he doesn't want to play. And quite frankly, Markstrom should be there instead of Fleury. His 2.72 goals against average is second best in the Pacific Division. So far this season, he has a 9.17 save percentage. He seems to thrive on those nights when the Canucks allow a lot of shots on goal. That'll be good in the All-Star game because he'll get a lot. Um, just like last night, he may let a few more in than you'd want, but he makes the big save and keeps the Canucks in it. He's one of the main reasons Vancouver has done so well in the first half of the season. There have been a number of reasons. They've scored a lot more goals than last year. JT Miller has been a very good addition. Pedersen, Besser, Horvat, the secondary scoring has all been good. The main guys have stayed healthy for the most part. Jacob Markstrom, as we just said, has provided the kind of goaltending you need to make the playoffs. But honestly, I am not sure the Canucks will be this far along without the play of Quinn Hughes. Quinn Hughes, Miller, top of the circle. Back to Hughes, one-timer, scores! First of all, he's, he's a great kid, yeah. and he... Doesn't doesn't get ahead of himself. Does not need to sit and talk about himself in the media. Doesn't need to. You know, I think he just likes to play the game and be a good teammate. And and you know, he's not sitting there patting himself on the back. The question going forward is: Will Quinn Hughes tire out? As a college player, you don't play a lot of games. He's never been in a long season, and being used so much by the Canucks. That'll make the second half tougher. We're always mindful of it, and I think his minutes will probably be a little lower now that Eddie's back in the lineup. That'll help alleviate it a little bit. Uh, and the way our pairings are set up right now, 
you know, we've got to watch his ice at points. But I, once you're in the, once you're in a game and you're trying to win, you're, you know, sometimes winning takes over that. But it's also good for him to play these hard minutes and and learn what it feels like to play back-to-back games. And and the great players do it. Marshawn Lynch scored one touchdown in his first game back with the Seahawks against San Francisco last Sunday. He might have had two if they could have got him out there in time late in the game. But he will be ready for Sunday's playoff game against Philadelphia. And he's recovered very well from his first game in a while. And that surprised the Seahawks coaching staff. I'm a little surprised at that. You know, I thought maybe it would take more of a toll in the first game, but it didn't. And so uh, we're in good shape going in. It really does feel different than it was a week ago at this time because we didn't know what was going to happen, you know. Um, and we feel confident that we have a really nice uh, mix in, the, in our style of runs and uh, from our guys. And so it's, it's a different feeling. And we're more confident with, that we know what we got this time around. Local MMA fighter Julia Budd is getting ready for the biggest bout of her career against one of the legends on the women's side of the sport. Let me give you a warning. This story has lots of footage of MMA fights, so if that isn't your thing, you might not want to watch it. You have been warned. Julia Budd is literally a lean, mean fighting machine. After nearly a decade as a pro MMA fighter, Budd is getting her first real primetime shot. Yes, she has been the Bellator World Featherweight Champ since March of 2017 and has defended that title three times, but now she will be fighting one of the biggest names in the sport, Chris Cyborg, a former UFC champion. They'll be meeting on the big stage as the main event at the Forum in Los Angeles. Well, she's made quick work of a lot of her opponents, but so have I. And I believe that she's got um, a name, like she's built up a name so people know who she is, more so than they maybe know who I am in Bellator. And I think that on January 25th, that's all gonna change. And it is all over! That's what we're talking about. This is one of those moments that could be a life changer for Bud. Beating Cyborg would do wonders for her fame and fortune. But that kind of thinking before the fight can be dangerous. And accordingly, Bud has been intensely focused during a four and a half month training camp. I'm enjoying every single day, every single moment leading up to that and not getting too ahead of myself. I think that's a big part of it. And, um, you know, and breathe, like just breathing, knowing I put in the work and being able to go in there and kind of surrender to um, let my instincts take over. Ironically, the last loss for both of these fighters was against current UFC champ Amanda Nunez. Bud lost to Nunez way back in 2011 in just her second pro fight. Cyborg was knocked out in spectacular fashion by Nunez about a year ago. Bud feels she can do the same to Cyborg using her size and power to get the biggest win of her career. It's a dream come true and I don't know how long I can do this for so I'm just enjoying every single moment and making sure I go in there 100% prepared so there's no excuses at the end of the day. I go in there, I've trained my, I've, we've worked so hard but we've worked so hard as a family and a team and that's what motivates me when I get in there. I feel like everything in my career has led up to this moment. This is my moment so I'm going in there to own it and uh, make sure I walk away with the victory. There you go. I wouldn't fight her. <laughs>
I would get her to walk me home at night yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right, thanks, Squire. Let's check in with Andrew for a look ahead to Global News at 11. Anne? Thanks, Sophie. We are keeping an eye on today's wind and rainstorm that continues to have an impact. Plus, it was a day, it was rather day four without electricity for a number of residents in the BC interior who lost power in a snowstorm. We'll show you how they're coping. And police have arrested a person of interest in the murder of Nanaimo teen Michaela Chang in 2017. 59-year-old Stephen Bacon has been taken into custody on an unrelated matter. Last summer, RCMP issued a Canada-wide appeal for information on his whereabouts. Those stories and more when you join us tonight at 11 o'clock. Sophie, Chris. All right, thanks, Anne. Here's a look at your snow report. Whistler Blackcomb with 12 new centimeters and a base of 129. A base of 122 for Grouse, Cypress 139 and Sasquatch 107. 7 new centimeters for Manning Park, 13 for Revelstoke, Fernie 20 new centimeters and Kicking Horse with a base of 140. 4 new centimeters for Big White, 9 for Silver Star, 8 for both Sun Peaks and Apex. Mount Washington with 7 new centimeters, 5 for Whitewater, Red Mountain 3 and Powder King 2. Coming up on ET Canada, we're inside the Beverly Hilton Hotel for all the latest Golden Globe news. Plus, Justin Bieber's new song is here, and yep, it's kind of yummy. That's coming up at 7, right after the news hour. Back to you, Chris and Sophie. Thank you, Morgan. Is she new? Well, we just so. saw her she yesterday for the yeah. first time. Yeah. Hi, Morgan. So she's, almost, <laughs> she's almost new now. She was here yesterday. So back in the 90s... Squire started this little something we like to call satellite debris, and now it's four decades in. Well, really, we, we, we tried to figure it out, and we think it was February of 1995. Yeah. Really? I think so. I was, like, I was in grade school then, but they brought me in to do the <laughs> show. Yeah, right. It was a school project I started. They really liked it. <laughs> okay. Uh, actually, when it first began back in the 90s, we never showed commercials. It evolve that way. So what I thought we would do today is look at some of the ones we ran last year, kind of a, a look back. It's not all of them. We don't have time for that. But here's a few. Uh, one I know that you like, Chris, the pet insurance where pets play blues. got the blues. That's why more than pet insurance comes with Vet Phone, a 24-hour pet advice line. Man, that cat can play. More than we do more. Inner happiness from delicious Onken yogurt. It's a bit like your cat finally showing you some appreciation. So, Alan, I'd just like to say you've been doing an alright job at looking after me. I know I don't say it enough, but I like you. Yeah, said it. Thanks. Don't make it awkward. Feed your inner happiness with delicious Onkin yogurt. That one. Okay, so the next <laughs> one is um, from Whiskers, so more cats. Mm -hmm. And after that, it actually is like, I guess, a pop in Scotland, Iron Brew, but it has something to do with hair. You'll see that. Let's see what I mean. Here we go. It's a scientific fact that cats look good. So good, we sometimes accidentally seduce ourselves. Get a room, you two. Unlike humans with their comically furless exterior, we don't show our age on the outside. Fiona here's 11. Ugh, that's pretty old. And here at KIT, we embrace all manner of futuristic health fads to keep ourselves in shape. 
such as parkour, neural reprogramming, you are so cool. electro-massage, subconscious aerobics, sensory deprivation chambers, um, whatever this is, and also taking care of our insides with a pro-age approach to our diet, like switching to 7-plus cat food when we're 7. Watch this. Oh, so cool. So that even when we're middle-aged, we're still in touch with our inner kitten. I'm leaving you, Jeff. Huh? Oh, hi. We never do anything anymore. I want to be windswept. Yeah. I want to meet new hairdressers. I want to be brushed beneath the stars. No, please don't go. I can change. Conditioner. No, I'm going. And I'm taking the little ones with me. Ah! Ah! No! Iron hair do. Get some iron on you. I don't feel good about that. That was more just... <laughs> Your zoom's still there. Oh, thank goodness. Oh, they're good. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so the last two, uh, the first one I just like because it's weird. It's for, well, I'm not going to tell you what it's for because it'll ruin the joke. But the second one is how having Maltesers can really lighten up a breakup. Here we go. I think I want something a little more modern. What do you really want? I just don't want something so girly girl. What do you really, really want? To be honest, I don't want to dress at all. What do you really, really, really want? I want to smash the institutions that dictate the way I'm supposed to dress, act, and sound. I want to be me, and I want the world to embrace me for it. What do you really, 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 really want? I want Reese's Pops! That actually looks really cute on you. I know, right? Reese's Pops is what you really, 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 really want. Hi. Oh, look, it's us. Oh, hi, Neil. Hi, Annie. Oh, no, what's happening? Oh, that's me leaving because I saw you kissing Tracy Dawson outside the office. No, I was a shame. And that's you going to live with your mum. Bye, Neil. Off you go. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> See, Maltesers make a breakup fun. <laughs> Oh, that's delicious. delicious. And delicious, too, yes. <laughs> the Johnsonville Brats one, though, with the forest animals. We ran that last week. I'm I missed sorry it. you weren't I know, here. I yeah, missed yeah, it, that's but that was one of the best of the day. Well, we'll, we'll drag that one out again. Oh, later, later. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks very much for watching, everybody. Have a great night. Good night. Have a good weekend.